Recording. Recording. Ricola. I don't know why that just popped in my head. say <laughs> i want to say like how was your week <laughs> after we've just talked about it for the last two hours yeah. has it been two hours that we've been um yeah because i got here at six uh, like six thirty, and we had tamales mm-hmm. we've been sipping on this pinot grigio that mm-hmm. you, it's actually mm-hmm. pretty good yeah we're almost done i like it oh my god <laughs> i almost said what's that sound <laughs> that was funny I've never heard that come out of you. Oh, well, well the voice box doesn't like it because it said rotten. It's <laughs> talking about my neighbor. Yeah. Your neighbor's rotten. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he never listens to us. He probably doesn't even know what a podcast is. No. Pretty sure. <gasps> Hearing. Okay. So we just right off the top, we, we put the, because um, we've been having some crazy ass shit. I kid you not. Going on with this uh, ghost app. Yeah. <gasps> Observe. Okay, what was the thing before? Hearing? Mm-hmm. Because, I'm not kidding, I think he listens. You can hear everything that comes out of my house. Uh-huh. It's, my windows are so thin that I know, I've even tested it out. Like, you can hear clearly. It's, it sounds like I'm outside. Like you can hear everything that happens in my house. I'm pretty sure he listens to oh, me talking I mean, to my cat. If and he's spirit. talking about shooting random pigeons off your roof. <laughs> With a gun. With a gun. Not a BB gun. <laughs> a real bullet. But in a friendly, filled. neighborly kind of way. Yeah. Like he's trying to help you out. Uh, you know, I just don't want to leave carcasses on your Okay. I thought maybe you wouldn't appreciate that. Please don't shoot the pigeons on my roof. Like you miss or a pigeon and you them. hit my neighbor's kid. Right. Uh, riding their bike. Don't down the don't don't shoot your gun. No. Very Insane. strange. Insane. Crazy I I agree. People. I agree. He's insane. When you said he's insane earlier, and then you go into this whole spiel about, I was like, what the actual? Yeah. Frickety frick. Right? I'm glad I had a witness to it, though. <laughs> Otherwise, I think people would think I was making shit up. So it's literally been, I want to say it's like three weeks since the last time we recorded. I think three weeks. Because we pre-recorded our uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. That was the Black Dahlia and the Comedy Store. And let me just tell you, like, the whole time we were in San Diego, I felt like that weirdo. Like, I wanted to talk about the Black Dahlia. <laughs> With David and Anna, and they are normal people. They don't right. talk about this. <laughs> That's hilarious. Does she listen? Huh? No, no, no. not regular. No, because she's not. Re- she doesn't like stuff that yeah makes her scared. Yeah. So what's happening? She keeps saying, I- "One of these days, I'm gonna have to listen." I'm like, "Oh, girl, you ain't gonna listen." <laughs> oh well. Anyways, so you and I are gonna tag team a story again, and we're gonna yes. do. John Benet Ramsey. Yes. And 
It's intense. Super intense. Like my, that, how was my week? This. My two weeks. Right. We had like extra time to, to mm-hmm. like go. That's what we were like. Oh, well, since we're going to have all, all this extra time, let's like do a story we've been wanting to do. And there's so much of it. Like right. there's so much to just between podcasts, movies, documentaries, YouTubes. I've probably, I've listened to so many things and I've read so many things that I've probably forgotten half of it. Like, No, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, we're going to do our best I to think. get this whole story out. You know, obviously there's so much, there's so many theories out there. There's like, it's just insane. So, you know, if we forget something, please forgive us. We're just going to do our best on this story. This dog thinks she's a lap dog. I know. She keep, she went, her tongue just went inside my mouth. <laughs> just trying to French <laughs> French kiss you. Giving you some tongue. Mm. I love her. She's, she's a girly girl. It hasn't gone from that. She needs to come cuddle with me. So yeah, as we were saying, we were getting some crazy stuff on this ghost app. On, right. Even after the last episode that we recorded... Okay. You want me to pull her down? Yeah, you can get down. I'm, I'm going to tempt fate and say that she's not my, she's not the farty one. No. But now that I've said that. She'll she's, probably fart. Right. Well, we can't. And you're going to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> or midway through, dogs will switch places and we'll get a farty one. Right. I mean, right. we can't have a podcast without a farty dog. Jumped. Jumped. Maybe he's jumping over my fence no he comes in i actually i didn't have a lock yet i'm getting a lock for my gate but um i actually had to like rig a paper clip to kind of like it's a weird a way to open it so i had to kind of rig it so that it would be hard for him to just open it i just figured i should probably take a picture of oh put it on yeah 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 oh look it's getting ready to say something else (gasps) tearing apart Okay, that's that's interesting. Rarely do these things like it actually gave us a whole sentence at one point. Yeah, well, and it was super insane on at, right after we finished recording the last episode. It yes. it gave us like it was like three in a row like personal like really personal stuff names names that I wouldn't I'm not gonna repeat here, no. but it was just like oh. I like literally like we're closing up. Bianca had just. You know, we closed out with her mm-hmm. and we still had this thing going and it says this name. And I, I look at Carlene. I was like, do you know such and such? <laughs> and she's like, no. And then I was like, oh, I actually know such, such and such. Mm-hmm. And I told her why. And then it said, my God, or something mm-hmm. like that. And then it said the, the connected person that I had just mentioned. Name, that, which isn't a common name. Right. And I got up and I literally element. element? I literally got up and screamed. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of Carlene. I ran yeah. out of here. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was funny. It was hilarious. And and mm-hmm. on that episode, we were getting so many hits yes. from my story. Yes. Yeah. So so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so we just have it going while we're while we're doing our story here. So we're drinking. Um. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise that I'm not gonna be drunk by the end of this story because (laughs) it's very upsetting it is a hard just anything that involves kids oh my god wait did you watch the updated thing on Vallow uh was it 2020 I think it was 2020 it was I started watching it it and I fell asleep then it kind of brought us to today where everything is I fell asleep before it finished but I, I did start watching it 
Like what led them to the backyard, how they got there with the pings on the cell phone. And it started from the beginning to where we are today. And yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Was it really good? Mm -hmm. I I keep meaning to go back and watch it, but. Yeah, go watch it. It's good. Like even now, I think it's interesting how the police in Chandler are saying, yeah, it was weird. Like they were joking and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, like, why wasn't he arrested? I feel like usually when something like that happens, they arrest even if it's self-defense, they arrest them, take them in, and question just... Question them. Question them. I mean, I have some friends that were involved in something kind of recently, and they were handcuffed. It happened, an intruder came into their house, they had to shoot, <coughs> the person didn't die, but they were handcuffed and put in the back of police cars for several hours right. while an investigation happened and everything was... I mean they just took her brother's word for it that was self-defense nobody basically. was even handcuffed it was just like oh okay well and then their stories were so aligned and even the daughter and why your husband was just murdered in front of the kids and you're driving one to school right after you know, it's like, super it hard to sense. watch her daughter live for them. Yeah, oh my God, it was so sad. After we know what happened. Yes. Like she had her back and then she ends up yeah. dead. That was that was pretty bad. So sad. Anyway, I'm sorry, I just wanted to ask if you we're gonna have to do an updated oh, thing definitely. after all this is done. Yeah. We, we said we would. Yeah. Bianca was actually asking me about that because she's she's like catching catching up on all these episodes. She's, <laughs> I'm on the episode where you guys are talking about Lori Vallow. I will say it'll be better to do an update once more court time because I believe they were they're getting ready to have more court time mm-hmm. coming up. So it'll be better to do an update after that. We'll definitely do that. So yeah, I've basically spent the week packing because we're getting ready to um, go completely mobile. Mm. So we're closing down the shop in Scottsdale and we have a lot of shit. Do you? <laughs> we have a lot of shit. Well, didn't the people, didn't he leave a lot of stuff too yeah. for you guys? That's, yeah. And that's, yeah, there's stuff that we don't mm-hmm. even use that we kind of just like held on to it. So mm. yeah, we got a storage and we're putting a lot of stuff and getting rid of a lot of stuff. Just basically downsizing. So that's good though. Yeah, no, we need to. We need to. And reassess. Say yeah. some, I think a lot of people are with the, even corporations, are, I think, are doing that. Oh, yeah. They're finding it's cheaper. And I want, I almost think that there's going to be a lot that stay having people work at home mm-hmm. because it'll save their bottom line. You see, he's got his computer and everything set up here now because he had all that oh, over there at the shop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It says faith. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of been the theme of the week with mm-hmm. people this week. Faith. Yep. Do you want do you want to give the word of the week? The theme of the week? Faith. Faith. <laughs> Have faith. Have faith. Tell me. Oh, it's saying tell me. Preach. Mm. Preach, Preach. Carlene. Preach. <laughs> Things are better when you have faith. Not religion. Just your connection to that spirit, to that faith. The faith is the unknown. But you know it's there. It's a it's a way of knowing. <laughs> Seriously, when you have a connection to faith, you call it, I always tell people, call it Santa Claus if you want. Right. I call him God, but you can call him Santa if you want. Or universe. Mm-hmm. But when you have faith in that, <gasps> Connor calls it universe. It just, I always tell people, my it, son Connor it literally calls it the universe. just 
said the the word is Connor. (laughs) Oh, my God. N-O-R, just like I spell. Oh, my gosh. And I will always say, my oldest son, he calls it the universe. Holy cow moly. That is some crazy shit, That's crazy. But anyway, when you are connected to something that's greater than yourself and you have faith in it, it makes all of this, like people say, how are you doing with this COVID? I'm like, I'm doing great. Like it doesn't, I'm not bothered by it because I'm connected to faith. So I know we're going to be okay. Everything's fine. Everything is meant to be the way it's the way it is right and like right now my ac's broken and <laughs> my check engine light just came on and whatever you know right. i don't say oh great now what's gonna happen i just go with i know it's gonna be okay right i will i will i did this oh <laughs> <laughs> i will uh the resources will come to me i'll figure it, said it out your son and my son's name today yes it did that was like right on cue and we haven't talked about either one of them tonight. No, we have not even said their names. All right, so but the fact that I just said, literally, <laughs> literally, when I say when I talk about faith with people, I will always say, like with my oldest, he calls it the universe, and my youngest and my middle, my middle and youngest, they call it God, Jesus, you know. But I don't tell them. I I just. I've been the foundation and guided, but I've never labeled that for them. You have to go on that journey on your own. Mm-hmm. But without faith, things are a lot harder. Right. Because who do you, what do you lean on? Right. And then people say myself. And it's like, no, you, I mean, it just helps to know that there's a greater force out there helping us through this. Even if it's an alien, just know <laughs> that there's a greater force. E.T. <laughs> anyway. Have faith. Faith have is faith. helpful. Word of the week. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in something greater than yourself. The end. Preach. I cannot believe faith. it did that. That was insane. <laughs> that, yeah, blew, that, was, that blew me that, away. Yeah. That is crazy. It, it was so fast and so on cue. Oh, she's laying down. Oh. Finally, she just settled down. We have one of the other babies in here. We have Athena, Athena. which is Carlene's baby. She is. She's my... She keeps uh, telling me she's going to take her home. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Because I have the bitch cat. Eleven. Hmm. Says eleven. eleven. Seven eleven. Eleven. Sad eleven. From Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to go in the upside Hold down. On. I'm going to get a refill. Which one did you give us? This one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't I just pour some for you? I thought I did. Girl, it's like, it's like water tonight. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to sneak up on us, though. Probably. So I better start talking before I start slurring. Okay, like I said, we're talking about JonBenet Ramsey. And, um, unless you've been living under a rock for the last 25 years. I can't um, believe it's been that long. Yeah. It's 1996. And I was thinking to myself, it was December 1996. Yeah, that, Christmas. Yeah. Mm-mm. I literally just had Mario. We were like on our second year of marriage. Damn. My mom was living with us. Yeah. And then I was was thinking, like, how did I not know all of this stuff? I think I just, like, dipped my toe in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking because the kids were so tiny at that time that I probably just shut 
shut it down because it was just too much. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like my opinion was that the parents did it. And mm-hmm. I think that's just based on all the media at the time. Because mm-hmm. I really never like took a deep dive into this story. I mean, it was on People magazine, The Inquirer, every inside. It was on every magazine, every newspaper, every news channel, channel. CNN, yep. everything, everything. It's yeah. It was like highly sensationalized and especially because John Bonet was a child beauty queen, like a she was in the whole pageant okay, l- process. L- let's just talk about that for a second. Okay. I mean, I know you haven't started. That's your, okay. But this is a big let me pull this. Let me get, let me get my there we go. It's a big part of this story is right. the fact that she was this beauty queen at six years old. Right. And I'm just gonna say those beauty pageant things in themselves are creepy. Right. Putting putting uh, false teeth in their kids, <laughs> yeah. little girls, um, and then the big wigs that they put on them and all the makeup they put on it and well, dressing them like little women. And I think that's a, a lot, had a lot to do with why people like had these strong opi- opinions, opinions. Mm-hmm. towards the family because people have these strong opi- opinions about the child beauty queens yeah. and the, the whole pageant thing so mm-hmm. i would always tell Allie like if, if i had the money to begin one of those organizations myself i would make it like these kids are they need to be look like kids mm-hmm. this is a beauty you it's cool if you want to have beauty pageants for kids because a lot of those kids like it mm-hmm. but they need to look like kids not little grown-up women right <laughs> because and that's what they were saying like she was she, it looked sexualized Right. Well, and it wasn't just her. It's like no, it's, it's, it's all of that them. was that's just the whole it says March and then it says judge. Hmm. Interesting. We're judging. Well, you know what I'm watching right now? What? I'm watching um, on court TV. I'm watching the whole George. Why can't I think of his last name? Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Everybody does. Anyway, I'm watching that. Oh, that is terrible that I don't know his last name. That I can't. Anyway. Let's blame it on. The, we have a brain full of wine right of now. Wine and JonBenet. Yeah, and I'm watching the whole uh, jury selection part process right now, which is interesting. George in Floyd. Floyd. I always want to say Foreman because I think of the boxer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not it. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, definitely. I, no, I agree. I I, I think that I think it people have strong. Well, yeah, it shouldn't. And mm-hmm. I don't. We probably watched a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And you see the whole seedy underbelly of this and the dark web, like the shit that's going on behind the scenes. Mm. These fucking creepers mm-hmm. that and are. The cre- they, they go to these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely an element out there. All right. I'll let you go ahead and we'll we'll start so people know what we're talking about. So, yeah, those. part of it was the whole media frenzy. Like, if you know about it, it's because of the whole media frenzy. And there is a whole generation that doesn't even know what we're right. talking about, I'm sure. Right. That are in their 20s, 30s, yeah. maybe even. Yeah. They have to be, like, early 20s because this is, like, wow. <laughs> 25 years ago. Yeah. So, think, 25 years ago. So, even if they're 30, 35, they may not actually know about it because right. they were so little. Yeah, they were little. They weren't paying attention. Yeah. So here you go. Here's a true crime for you. So yeah, it was sensationalized, just like mm-hmm. the Dahlia case that we did the last time. Like it was, there hadn't been a case before that, and this is the same thing. There hadn't been a, a murder case, child murder case, where they had sensationalized it to this degree. Yeah, where the parents became the subject, and they were already being tried in the court of public opinion. 
If they were this, they were accused from the get-go. Right. Like, right immediately. There was no other suspects. But I'll let you get to it. Okay. So, this has to be the most tragic Christmas story ever. Aside from the theories out there, there's been so much speculation and conjecture in regard to what has what's may have transpired that night it's really hard to look at this case through an unbiased lens Mm -hmm. but we're gonna try so let's start with the events of christmas day in boulder colorado 1996 the family john ramsey patsy ramsey nine-year-old burke ramsey and six-year-old john benet ramsey wake up that christmas morning to open presents i think they both got bikes yeah i believe they did and i and i have to say just to give you a visual of the of what Boulder was like. Mm-hmm. It's not a big place. It was very kind of like it, its own little insular. Far it seemed like it was far away from everything. It was like its own little island. Right. So it's it's not like it's some like um, my family lived in in Pueblo. So if it's like Denver to Pueblo, like that's it. It's right there, but this is kind of like a very tucked away area, it seems like, because it wasn't very big at all. Right. So later that day, the family heads over to a Christmas party at a family friend's house. I think it was in the neighborhood, like in the same. That's what it seemed like. So they get home late, which is, they say late, but it was like 10 ish. (laughs) And they put, she's already asleep. So John takes her up to bed, puts her, tucks her away, carried her up, carried her up to bed. Mm Puts her to bed and then checks on Burke. That wait a minute. Um, I wouldn't have said anything except for when I saw what I saw today uh-huh. before I came here. It's important to note the version of this story is she was asleep in the car and he carried her to bed. Let's right. remember that because right. the stories get very. It's like playing telephone. They change a lot. <laughs> so um. But it's it's important to to listen to the to that, and then we'll talk about the variations of the stories and and where the information comes from. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Because it's weird that the information comes from the same people. And I don't know. Just go ahead and keep going. But I just want to point that out to our oh, listeners. Okay. So yeah. So that's about ten p.m. The next morning. What did you say about Burke? Was he asleep? I don't think he was. A, okay. One of the stories that I hear is he was like still playing with his toys. Right. They right. kind of just, he was like said goodnight to him and he went to his room. Mm-hmm. John went to his room, read a book until he fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And that's it until the next morning when Patsy wakes up at 530 because right. they were supposed to take a plane, I believe to Atlanta. Uh huh. Go back home. Go back home and probably like continue their, you know, Celebration, holiday. Celebration, their vacation. Yeah. Right? Because this is like right between Christmas and New Year's. So. Right, right. And, and that's something else. Note, they already had a plan to go back to Atlanta. Right. So, okay, go ahead. It was already, that was already in the, in works. the works. Okay. So, it's 5.30. Patsy Ramsey wakes up. She's the first person up. Um, she's about to go make some coffee, start getting the morning going. She heads down the back stairs and they're kind of like a spiral. It's, it's a spiral almost like staircase. a spiral stair- mm-hmm. staircase. And as she's going down, she sees these this what turns out to be a ransom letter. It's three pages, and they're like spread across one of the bottom stairs. They were very neatly, according to them, neatly laid out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the neck, which I have actually right here somewhere. Um, <laughs> I, I printed them out. Right oh, okay. Okay. So what it says is she picks it up and it basically reads 
saying that they have these kidnappers have her daughter. They've taken her for ransom, instructs them to withdraw $118,000, which, yes, that's something to remember. It's a very odd number. A very odd number. From their account in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. It's strangely the exact amount of John's Christmas bonus. I mean, that is odd. Very odd. Who's going to know what his bonus was? Unless if you go like, I don't want to jump ahead. No. But if you go with the whole intruder theory, like one of the theories is that an intruder had been in the house while they had right. been away all day. I mean, if you got Maybe a Christmas bonus. found it sitting on the counter. Sitting on the counter. In their desk. Check stub in a garbage can, yeah. whatever. Like theoretically, this person was in the house long enough to write this freaking letter. Theoretically. I mean, they weren't very private. They, I think they definitely loved to flaunt their... They, they had money. They had a lot of money. They had the the this mansion that they lived in was a it's, it's a fifteen room mansion, it's seven thousand square feet. Yeah, it's huge, and it's got the basement. I don't know if the it's basement like three levels. Yeah, right? I don't know if the basement's included in the three levels, or if it's three levels and and then a basement. I think it's three levels and then a basement. It's a very people say it takes a lot of time to go through this house. Right. Even like I was watching, looking at dioram, dioramas. Here I go. <laughs> Diagrams of the basement itself. It mm-hmm. looks like it's mm-hmm. like a rabbit's warren. It's like a maze right. almost. Like there's several rooms mm-hmm. in there, so that when they okay, uh, I don't want to jump ahead okay, too much. All right, okay, let's go. Okay. Also, the note instructs them not to call the police, but this is exactly what Patsy does. Mm-hmm. And in some stories, according to pa- Patsy, she calls nine one one. And then calls her friends. Mm-hmm. And then in other stories, I've read that she calls her friends first oh, and I then calls 911. Yeah. Okay. One of the one of the timelines that I had like looked up because I looked up several timelines to kind of mm-hmm. like put this all in order. And one of them said she calls her friends about 545. And then after this, it's like 550 something that mm-hmm. she ends up calling 911. So. I'll just put those both out there. All right. But before this, she like panics, looks through the house, like just real quickly goes to John Bonet's room, mm-hmm. checks the room, and I think like just from the interview with Burke, um, which, which is we'll talk a about whole that other thing. Yeah. Um, Greg. Greg. <laughs> Greg. It sounds like she went into his room first, you know, like screaming, "Where's mm. my baby?" and like kind of was like frantic, looking around his room as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, then and, she calls and, and I just want to say, in a lot of the podcasts that I heard, there were one or two that were saying things that I don't care how much research I did, I didn't hear a lot of the things they were saying. Mm-hmm. So it is like the game telephone, and I do think things get added. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, where did they hear that? That wasn't on any and right. i did hours, two weeks worth and we might end up doing the same thing we here in our own very pot. well i know yeah. we'd when i've listened back to stuff that we've done before i'm mm-hmm. like wait a minute that's not what happened but you know in the mm-hmm. course of the conversation we're gonna mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm just gonna play the audio of her 911 call really yes, quick yes good idea Your daughter is yes. gone. How old is your daughter? Six years old. 
know. I just found the note. Oh my God, this is a thing, Chucker. Is it saying the channel? I don't know. There's a, there's a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? It says SBTC. Victory. Please. Okay, what's your name? Are you happy? I'm the mother. Oh my God. Please. I'm, okay, I'm sending an officer over, okay? Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please, we just got out. Is she right here? Oh my God, please. Okay, well, please, I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath, please. Away, okay? Hurry, hurry, hurry. Patsy, 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 Patsy. She was saying, help me Jesus there then. Oh, okay. Like, uh, uh, the, people keep saying to listen to the end, and I can never make out what's going on at the end. She's says help me Jesus twice she repeats it twice I never think that it's what it's as big a deal as what people are saying so that was hard to listen to because you could you can hear the desperation in her voice yeah you can (laughs) I mean I like how people think they know how they would react when they're analyzing this thing and they think well if it was me that she'd keep and and the one thing can I just say something the one thing that a lot of the podcasts and the interviews and everybody keeps honing in on is the, the fact that she says we have a kidnapping instead of saying like my daughter's missing my daughter's you know we her her verbiage mm-hmm. is what people she's a different character she is used she's very prim and proper mm-hmm. even when she's being interrogated she's a southern belle right so Manners are a big thing. So even when she's being interrogated, she's very into, uh, she she never cusses. She says like, I forget what she said, but it's definitely not cursing. Right. And so she's definitely aware of the things that she says and the way she presents herself to the world, even when she's going through something. Right. And I think people misconstrue that as fake. Being disingenuous. And, yeah. And that she she's guilty of something or she's she's dramatizing or she's fake you know she has to be guilty because this happened or that you know and I just think that her whole life she was probably raised as a southern belle and that you are always on right and how you present yourself to the world is very important and so she's very and if you've ever been around somebody aside from you you that are listening to us from the actual south but mm-hmm. like you know it's different for us when we hear somebody saying yes ma'am yes ma'am right i'm like excuse me <laughs> i had a somebody that i was talking to in nashville and i had to ask her i explained to her like in the west <laughs> We're not raised to say Miss Cora, Miss Alma. Mm-hmm. And because she's an elder, I knew I needed to address her or at least ask her if she needed me to call her, you know, would you prefer I call you Miss Cora or do you want me to call you Cora? Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't want to disrespect her. Right. But to explain how we are here and right. how they are there. It's definitely different. Definitely. Definitely. All right, All right. I'm sorry, but I just really needed to bring that up just because it's going to be a topic. Definitely. It is a topic. It is a topic. Judgment is thing. a topic because we like to say, well, I would do. This is what I would do. Yeah. When I'm watching a horror movie, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> why are you? Why, why would you? 
why are you going to hear the noise? I do do that. <laughs> I am the idiot you want- that hears a noise and goes towards the noise. I am that person. <laughs> Uh, anyways but, but okay. none of us know how we would react to something this dramatic you know yeah. we just don't know oh. so it, you know just let's try and keep an open mind through this okay so at 5.52 a.m. she finally calls 911 and um, the police arrive pretty much immediately oh pause for a second since we're on the 911 call uh-huh um, part of the unless you want to talk about this when we're talking about them the 911 call, a lot of the people are upset that she hung up during the 911 call. Like right. most people will stay on until the police get there. Right. The police got there very, very quick. She called them at 5.52. They got there at 5.59. Yes. They got there pretty quick. Yeah. And people are like, well, and even the 911 operator said that, you know, most people stay on until the police show up. She was an... Uh- Okay, I've done pretty fucking weird <laughs> things when I'm in a panic. Right. I oh, have done some pretty said, weird shit when me, I'm panicked. Yeah, and let me just clarify something. I actually do my best work when I'm freaking out. So if I'm nervous or I'm scared, when I call 911, which I have had to, I the first thing I do because I've I I have been trained is I speak very calm no matter how freaked out, out I am. I had people like trying to get in my house one time right and i remember like i was terrified i couldn't find my weapon i i mean i know my weapon's in the same place all the time right. couldn't find it anywhere because i was so scared but my voice remained calm mm-hmm. and i first thing i do is give my address and that's people had a problem with her giving the address is the very first thing she did. But again, when you train somebody and tell them the first thing you do when you call 911 is give them the address. Right. Well, clearly people have a problem with you doing that when your daughter's missing and you give your address. Right. But that helps get them out there faster. Well, her saying her. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have had that 911 call. Yes. The kids were home. They would get home before me. <laughs> and. Um, the dogs got in a fight. Oh, dear. And they called... Serena was the youngest at the time. Isaiah was, you know, the oldest. And mm-hmm. he's there and he's still... Isaiah's outside. The dogs are fighting. And mm-hmm. she's screaming in the phone. Oh, no. And then she hangs up with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm freaking out. Then the police call me. Oh, no. So the neighbors heard my kids freaking out mm-hmm. and called 911. Serena and Mario ran out to the neighbors <laughs> They were like so freaked out because Isaiah was in the backyard trying to get these dogs to stop fighting. And oh, my God. Anyways, so the police call me and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm leaving work right now. I'm leaving work right now. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm in traffic. I'm in traffic. And I'm like, and he's like, slow down. We're here. I'm like, oh, my God. Are they OK? OK. Like, you know, I that sound in her voice. It yes. was. And he's like telling me, ma'am, calm down. Mm-hmm. Calm down. I don't want you to get in a car accident on your way over here. We are here. We'll talk when you get here. So that was an interesting. You just, um, it's hard to judge. You, you just shouldn't judge. You just don't know how you're going to. It's a traumatizing thing that they were going. Believe me. (laughs) Believe me. Believe me. It's a traumatizing thing that That, they were going through. That's what the ghost app says. Believe me. 
And uh, I think it's just interesting how everybody has some kind of opinion about. Now, listen, if she was freaking out and doing something else, or if she was, we just woke up and my daughter is missing. You know, it wouldn't matter what she said or how she said it. She's going to be judged for it. I haven't heard it, but um, they said that somebody got a hold of this mm-hmm. and they did an enhanced version mm-hmm. and they see, say they at hear the Burke yeah. at the end, which I didn't hear any of that. No. And even that's what the 911 operator was saying too. And people, they actually took it to someone to analyze and they said, there's nothing there. Right. Like you that can, happen. you can overanalyze something like mm-hmm. even when you are, and I are listening back to like trying to hear, EVPs. We you can make up a lot of shit. Oh, when they when you're watching a show and they and it, all you hear is all you hear is and they're like, "Did you hear it? It said I'm here." Well, if you listen to it enough times, you hear I'm here too. Hey, my brother-in-law's name is Sean. Hmm. <laughs> um if you listen to it enough, you'll hear I'm here. You're like, "Oh my god, it is saying that." Right. <laughs> Exactly. So your brain. Have you seen? Have you ever gotten those things? You know where they say the blue dress, the right, whatever. They also had a thing that actually did that, where because um, your brain audio. Is, yeah, it's an audio thing that actually is. You're trying to make sense of what you're hearing. Mm-hmm, your brain. So if your brain just like is when you're told, ma- matrixing visually, seeing yes. something, you so see faces and if, things. Right. So if if somebody tells you, well, it's a pink dress, you're going to see a pink dress mm-hmm. because now your brain is expecting to see the pink dress or whatever. Now your brain is saying to hear, I'm here. Right. Oh, I can hear it. It's saying I'm here. But really all that's on there is... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Exactly. All right. So like I said, the police arrived pretty much immediately at about... uh, I saw six somewhere and then I see 559 somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, It's police officer Rick French... And does what seems like now a cursory search. He pauses by the door that John Bonet was later found behind, but doesn't open it. French later explained that he was looking for an exit route used by the kidnapper, which the closed inside peg ruled out. So he was just looking for how the kidnapper left or came in or he wasn't actually look because at this point they think it's a kidnapping. Right. He, he's not looking for a body. Right. And uh, just to let you all know that I I actually just saw this on the last thing that I watched. It is the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The day after Christmas. It's the next morning. It's a small police station that doesn't really, it's not like Denver. And they, a lot of the detectives, a lot of the... The senior. They were on vacation. Right. So there weren't a lot of staff. So considering that, they got there pretty quick. Right. But I heard somebody refer to it as the B team. Exactly. I saw that too. So, (laughs) and and that is exactly it. You will get a B team, you get a B investigation. Right. So. And that's pretty much how this started. Yes. So just keep that in mind that you're not getting the top of the line, big city investigators. And and even if it was the top of the line, there's no guarantee that it would have Went been different any differently it's just a lot of mistakes have been made yeah from the get-go so then from about 6 to 8 a.m four more officers arrive at the ramsey residence police men beach beach uh weiss 
Barklow and their supervisor Reichenbach. Some friends of theirs have also come to help the Whites, who they had she had Some called. Some friends, she yeah. called. They called all their friends. I know. Damn. The Fernies <laughs> and Reverend Haverstuck, and there are also victim advocates that have also arrived. Uh, with John Benet still missing, John made arrangements to pay the ransom. A forensics team was dispatched to the house. The team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped, and John Benet's bedroom was the only room in the house that was cordoned off to prevent contamination of evidence. And this is very important because, and to me, even though at this point they still think it's a kidnapping, it's, it's a crime still scene. a crime scene. The whole house is a crime scene. Mm-hmm. But now it's been contaminated. Yes, with everybody. all these people who's. Who have, they're of course they're coming over in support and they're not being told no by the no, investigative they're team. They're being let in and if this happened to me, if this happened to me, of course I'm going to call my support people. Like I'm going to be like, hey, you know, or they're I'm going to call you and you're going to be like, I'm coming over. Right. You know what I mean? But stand outside. That's we don't want to contaminate. That's that's what's going to happen unless the people that are in charge of investigating push back and say no. No. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened. At this time, they don't believe she's in the house and they believe she has been kidnapped. So there seems to be no fuss made about the integrity of the scene, mm-hmm. which is weird because even though, okay, I, I pretty much everyone over there. At about 810, the first detective arrives on scene and this is Linda Arndt, our favorite oh, person. eyes. The eyes, <laughs> the, the lady with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Who immediately begins her investigation, but even she doesn't secure the crime scene no. correctly. No. It's noted that John Ramsey is kind of missing for about an hour. So yeah, they said like an hour, hour and a half that he just kind of like is He's gone. unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. Like They even said like, where's John? And I don't know. Right. I don't know. And somebody said that he went to go get the mail, but their mail. There like, was a time that he was like in the kitchen looking at the mail and they even thought that was strange, but. I don't. Nobody knows. No, I don't think that's weird either because nobody knows how. Maybe he was, maybe he's just doesn't know what to do with himself so well he said in an interview that he's looking for some clues he or... was he was like looking through the mail in case there was something else some like he didn't know if they dropped something through the mail right. like right. another communication or not mm-hmm. like he their mail came through their mail slot in the door mm-hmm. that makes so, sense so uh, i don't know you're gonna make something out of everything yeah, exactly and this is the whole telephone thing because there's different mm-hmm. stories about the whole he's saying that he didn't leave the house mm-hmm. and there's a story that he left and he was gone for an hour and he's like, I never left the house. Our mail comes through the door. Yeah, I don't think he left the house. So that's exactly what you're talking about before. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be different like mm-hmm. narratives here mm-hmm. at about 1 p.m. Detective Arndt tells. OK, so this is mm-hmm. another thing where I found two different versions and what I heard in some of the interviews were completely different. Mm-hmm. About 1 p.m., Detective Arndt tells John Ramsey that the police will be conducting a search of the house and he and his friend Fleet White join in. Oh, so yeah, there's two different stories. Right, which is not what I heard. No. And the stories I heard is she instructs them to do a top to bottom. bottom. And he, in her version of the story, he goes directly downstairs mm-hmm. now see that's what i was saying like the the last thing i watched was actual detectives police investigators reporters that were there in their words speaking but then on the 2020 investigations and all the other stuff it was their words speaking her words 
alone. Right. It's like everybody has a different story. They can't keep their own story straight. Right. So one minute she's saying this, and the next minute she's saying that, and one minute they're saying this, and the next minute they're saying that. So they're not even keeping... They're not even keeping their own story straight. Right. That And so I was really happy that I caught that before I came and watched that one thing. But yes, so in her own words. Can we talk about her own words? Yes. Can we talk about her interview? On, on her own, in her own words, <laughs> on this interview, what was it 2020, I think? I think it might have been. She, you go. Did you write any of it down? I didn't write any okay, of it well, down. She, with her eyes... <laughs> Yeah, she had the scariest eyes. Ask him. (laughs) What I didn't get, you know what? I'm all scrambled. You, you go ahead. You start talk about it. She, she asserts in this interview that she knew exactly who Who did did it. it. So she never says who did it, but she heavily implies that it is. Do you notice that everybody does that? Yeah. There was a juror on the grand jury. He does the same fucking thing. Yeah. Heavily implies that it was John. Mm-hmm. She, they made eye contact and mm-hmm. they had this they had this moment between the two of them. Yes. Where she, she knew and he knew. You know what I didn't understand is when she said she like Oops. put her gun and count made like count. 18 bullets and and they went, why'd you do that? And she said, because I I, I didn't, didn't know, know who was going to be alive. No, but I didn't understand that. Like, what'd you it think? Very like, they were going to... Uh, it, that statement did not make sense to me. Right. But anyway, yeah, she's very dramatic. But then she's like, oh, okay. I know you're, you're not... You haven't covered this, but she spoke of it. And she said that when he... After she had him search the house from top to bottom, and he went to the bottom first... And then how he contaminated everything. Well, in another, the thing I saw before I came here, they were talking about, uh, they said she's the one, that detective is the one that pulled a blanket over John Bonet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, then he takes this blanket and covers her up and contaminates the scene further. And I'm like, okay, so that's, again, two different stories. I'm going to let you get to it. But yes, she, if she was there during that time, I'd be accusing her. (laughs) (laughs) She, um, she's, she's, we made eye contact and we knew, I knew, and he knew who did it. Like it was just like a very, and I grabbed my holster and I I counted my bullets. I made, whoa. Okay. We haven't had that in a while. Mm-mm. Okay. So anyways. All right. So uh, so John and his friend Fleet are searching. They go downstairs into the basement. It's 105. It was 530 when Patsy discovers this ransom note. It is now 105 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And John discovers John Bonet's body in a spare room in the basement. Now, supposedly, the house was already searched by police. Right. But remember what I said. They skipped that room. And then another but interview. how could they skip that room? I know. Well, 7,000 square feet. I, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of rooms. Right. But, but be thorough. Be, exactly. Be fucking thorough. Turn over some beds. Like, right. flip yes. over a chair, for God's sake. And one like, of the, um, I think it was an interview. Or was it a documentary? But they were talking about, like, how did this room get missed? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about 
when you're coming from the light down into the dark basement, mm-hmm. like right. it was easy to like you still have that blinding light and mm-hmm. it was easy. Like you come around that corner, it's easy to miss that room. Oh, OK. So that was one of the explanations that I heard. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, listen, we'll get into it. I'm going to tell you about a whole lot of fishiness because this police department makes is fishy. Right. So they discovered JonBenet's body. She suffered a skull fracture and a strangulation by Garrett. Her mouth and neck are bound with duct tape, which then investigators remove, which that's another <laughs> story. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, that's that, another- the ransom note itself was contaminated the minute everybody came over and started reading it and handling it. So the ransom note's contaminated. Right. Now, the dad finds JonBenet in the basement and is ripping things, the tape off of her. Right. And, and he runs upstairs screaming, holding carrying her. her, carrying her. So now he's moved the body and is carrying her upstairs. What was the purpose of her instructing them to search the house? Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Like, why would you tell okay. somebody else to do so it? So in their mind, she in her mind, she still thinks this is a kidnapping. Maybe she thinks that they're going to find some more evidence. Clues? But even if they find evidence, they're, conta- they're going to contaminate it because they're civilians. Right. So... That thinking, like, I don't understand. No matter how much, wait, which way you scratch that, that's, we should doesn't probably work for me. clarify because, I mean, f- from what I heard and had I not watched the thing I watched before I came here, at about, the ransom note said between 8 and 10, they were going to call. Right. The and poli- that time came and went. Right. The police supposedly left shortly before 10, leaving only that detective alone in the house. Right. Which is very weird. Okay. Her interview, she even stated that. She was the only one there and she told him to go search the house from top to bottom. And in this thing that I'm watching before I came here, again, it is the words of detectives and investigators all by themselves. Like, police their words and they make it seem like that didn't happen that way so who's telling the truth it's all just like very convoluted very like it's all fishy but anyway right why would they number one why would they all leave if the kidnapper is supposed to call between eight and ten and they left supposedly like 15 minutes prior to 10 so 9 45 is what i heard is that they so why would you do that? Why wouldn't they stay until 1030? Right. Just none of it makes sense. And then they just and then uh, and then they leave one detective who, by the way, she was not a homicide detective. So this wasn't her thing. She wasn't accustomed to doing this. I mean, I get it. She was probably the one that they had because everybody else is on vacation, I guess. <laughs> you mean they didn't the have B-team. one homicide? Yes, B team. The B team. So yeah, and just... she, this is the part where she's talking about in that interview mm-hmm. where he comes up and he brings her body mm-hmm. up there. And this is where she grabs her holster right, because now... Because right. it... <laughs> she wore a shoulder holster. Right. So she wanted to have it close to her and she's counting the bullets. Because, again, what'd she think? They were all going to come after her, or John's going to kill all of them, or Patsy's going to kill all of them, or... And I guess John asks her if she's dead, which I think he knows in his... Yeah. He knows, but, but he wants somebody else to say shock, it. you want somebody to tell... Like, is she? Is she dead? You know? Well, right. my baby. Oh, hi, CP. Oh, you're my CP. Come on. Look. <laughs> she's like, take me home. Oh, you're my baby, aren't you? So at one thirty, 
Boulder policemen Ron Walker and Larry Mason arrive and search the basement. Oh, Mason was one of the names that came on, up on there. And didn't Ron come up on there? My bones. Uh-oh. Okay, that's weird. Um, so they arrive and they search the basement and wine cellar for further clues into, ju- which the wine cellar is also this little room. It's also, mm-hmm. they also call it the wine cellar, mm-hmm. which is basically like an unfinished room. Yeah. It's of- just, there's not anything in it, really. Right. There's, it's like concrete, unfinished mm-hmm. concrete, and it's pretty super basic. There's some like paint cans and stuff yeah. in there. Finally, they secure the home. Finally, they secure the home, preventing anyone else from coming in. It's one thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, uh, all her we got a body. Her whole and... support system has been in and out of that house. Aren't later move the body closer to the Christmas tree upstairs by bringing her upstairs and leaving the basement door open. Much of the evidence became tainted. Mm-hmm. So now, what I'm wondering is because there's pictures of her in the basement. Mm-hmm. So did they take her downstairs and stage those pictures? Because it's not like he took those pictures. Well, there's pictures of like the blanket. Okay. I mean, there's not actual pictures. Maybe and- it's maybe later on somebody went in whatever I saw. Because yeah. I thought I saw pictures. Of actual her? Of her in the basement. So I, may, I, I don't know. They did have pictures. Like they just have a wadded up blanket on the floor in the basement. Okay. But um, I will say the documentary that i saw before i came here they have actual police footage of the house and it gives you a really good idea of just how big the house is yeah and i think it gives you and that basement area yeah and it's actual like it's from when they were doing the investigation okay so so now this is flipped from a kidnapping or murder and immediately the ramses come under suspicion like I immediately. mean, immediately. Yeah. 10.45 p.m., the Boulder County Coroner's team removed the young girl's body. So it's already, it's 10 o'clock that night. Oh, well, actually no, close know. to 11. There's more in that one. Um, I didn't want us to mix, so. So the coroner removes her body from the house. The autopsy revealed that John Bonet had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. There's still some um, speculation about which came first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know. They can't tell. Right. Um, the official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation and associated sh- association associated with cranial cerebral trauma. And just in case somebody doesn't know what a garrote is, it's it is a type of they in this case, it's a rope that's right. tied to a stick we'll get into that mm-hmm. and then the other end is like a slip knot so when somebody the force of somebody leaning forward it would make it, the slip knot get tighter right and then it chokes somebody out that just Effort gave me cut. the chills yeah so just so because i didn't know what a grot was until they explained it right they said there was no evidence of conventional rape Although sexual assault could not be ruled out. Um, they did say that they found like uh, wood fiber. Yeah, inside her. Very small, but they they didn't. They still didn't they, no. validate that she was actually sexually assaulted. Right. They did find DNA on her underwear. Um, I'll on get into le- that yeah. later. A garret that was made from a length of nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush was tied around JonBenet's neck and had apparently been used to strangle her, which you just mm-hmm. uh, talked about. 
Part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies, but the bottom third of it was never found despite extensive searching of the house by the police in subsequent days. The autopsy revealed a vegetable or... Okay, this is like... There's a lot of talk about pineapple. (laughs) But you know what? At first, that's also got confusion because, again, in this documentary... They said something completely in everything that I watched, every YouTube, every documentary, every, the movies, whatever I watched, did not explain the pineapple. The like way why it was so did. important. No, that, that the, let me just say the amount that was eaten mm-hmm. or who had it is completely different in this documentary compared to what everything well, else was saying. I think the big deal that was made of she said that they took them they said they took her straight to bed. She, right. she and didn't eat. She didn't eat and she was I guess it was the time that she ate this, consumed mm-hmm. it and it had mm-hmm. it completely broken down in her system. So they were like, Well, she had to have eaten between There's a few things little white lies that add up. Right. Um, she, yeah, that's why we were pointing out, remember, she was asleep in the car. They carried her to bed. Right. Because now you're going to talk about this. But what a dumb thing to lie about, though. I'm telling you. Like, I mean, it would just be so much easier to say. Well, she had, she had a little snack before she went to sleep. She had pineapple. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I mean. They, they, there were a lot of little stupid lies like that. But I don't even think they were lying. Oh, there's some lies. That she's lying? That they're lying That mm-hmm. about the pineapple? Well, no, about other things that but, are stupid. And then somebody found a bowl with right. that had her fingerprint on it that had pineapple in it. That had, had the mom's fingerprint. Right. Right. So just, but, hello, who washes the dishes right. in this kitchen? Right. Her who fingerprints are going to be, who puts them away? There's going to be fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Her fingerprints are going to be all over the fucking place in right. there. So right. I don't even know what that proves. That doesn't either. prove a damn thing. She's six years old. My, I can't even tell you how many times my kids got up and, and had, had their own cereal. Stuff. Right, right, right. So I don't know. I, I just, the reason it just it comes, seems like the dumbest fucking the dumbest thing, thing to lie about. It's the dumbest thing. To, why are they focusing on it, though? Right. Who because cares she, if she had Because she's like. I didn't give her pineapple. So now that they're they're like trying to build a case around the pineapple. Right. Well, that that has something to do with Burke. Yeah. Okay. I'll get into that one okay. in, in a little bit. So, All right. So the autopsy revealed vegetable or fruit material, which may represent pineapple, which they weren't even conclusive about that either. Even, oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to go there. I'll wait. Which John Bonet had eaten a few hours before her death. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it was and, like partially digested. Yeah, it wasn't completely. Di- yeah. Mm-hmm. At about one forty, John Ramsey calls his pilot. Okay. Here's a whole other thing. He explained that. Right. He calls his pilot. Yes. His pilot. Did I mention that they're pretty fucking rich? <laughs> um, so he calls his pilot and is allegedly heard asking him to prepare for a flight to Atlanta, which right. remember, we already set, established the fact that they had already planned to leave that day. Mm-hmm. At this point, the Boulder police are like, you can't leave Where town. Where are you going, motherfucker? This is a murder <laughs> invas- investigation right. at this point. Right. You're so, just going to, your daughter's dead and you're just going to get up and leave? Right. But he, he, he did explain that in an interview of why he made that. 
You want to elaborate on that? I can't remember. Do you remember? Just there, something about like it was a reasonable explanation, to be honest. It oh. wasn't. It wasn't curious to me. I don't. I can't recall exactly. It had what to that do was. with just going back and being with family, and they that it was more like because they had already made the plans that it's almost like there was nothing left for us to do here and who so. wants to stay in the house that right. your daughter was just murdered in. right and so it was it actually was seen fairly innocent <laughs> says grandpa all right so instead of leaving town they leave the house and spend the night at their friends the fernies at 2 30 the that day that this is the next day after all of that transpired so this is the 27th all right so at 2 30 that day they conduct an interview with burke the nine-year-old brother after <laughs> that i know that that poor kid i know he he's a, he's an <laughs> he's awkward a, person he is and i mean i watched something that where he was he was interviewed actually more recent and he seemed normal but if you just watched him on dr phil alone oh you're like God. oh boy that yeah but again that didn't do him any favors it didn't i mean i just thought he was because i'm a nervous smiler right but again different stories happen well this is years after the murder he's already Mm -hmm. processed it like Mm -hmm. he's in a different place now mentally but there's different stories not even between him but it's between what everybody else is saying versus what he his story is right like that's not what happened but then everybody else is saying something different i'm sorry Okay, so where was I? At 2.30 that day, they conduct an interview with Burke. The ni- So he's nine. He's, he's nine, nine years old. I, I don't know if I'd even want them to talk to my nine-year-old. Right. So and he's maintained that he was in, he pretty much was out of the way during this whole investigation. Mm-hmm. Like that he stayed in his room. The whole time. The whole time. Remember that. He, yeah. He because that is the story even he says on Dr. Phil. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Is that other people are like, and then his parents let this kid, his their daughter was just kidnapped or murdered, and they're letting him just go walk by himself down the street to a neighbor's house. That didn't happen. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's story, like where did they hear that? Because no matter, it didn't matter what I listened to or what I researched, I never heard that version. So all I know is he stayed in his room the whole time and he said on Dr. Phil it was because he felt safe there. Yeah, he thought maybe his dad was chasing off an intruder. He thought you know, whatever. He just thought that he needed to stay in his room because it was safer. I felt like Dr. Phil's questions kind of bothered me because you're asking a guy to recall something that happened when he was nine, nine. years old. I don't so know you're what basically to me when I was yeah nine. exactly exactly <laughs> and and the questions that he was he was asking him is like you're trying to get him to access that nine year old kid mm-hmm. that was traumatized that was trauma usually when you have trauma you you block it out right trauma is trauma and you block it out and he's and he's asking him questions like don't you think that's weird yeah well no he didn't think it was weird when he was nine years old like you know what i mean like i don't know well i will say that one podcast i listened to was this woman i think i wrote it down i'll let you know and she was had a guest who is actually knows Dr. Phil, and he even had an, a little issue with the way Dr. Phil. We need to put a disclaimer on here because, from what I understand, they sue. They sue. So we a need lot. to make sure that we put a disclaimer right. that we are not, um, we're not 
accusing anybody. Right. We are not even suggesting. We're just telling a story and uh, our opinions are, you know, are they're just, how do you say it? It's um, This is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, none of this is accusing or speculating or saying that anybody is guilty. Right. Of any crime. Right. We're not accusing them at all. We're just telling the story that's already been out there. Right. And what the press everybody else has already said. Right. And and what we're doing right here is I just wanted to go over like the timeline. And yeah, we're kind of getting off into the weeds. But I mean, it was an awkward. I mean, it was an awkward interview. Because of the smiling. Like, right. he did smile. He does have an awkward, nervous sp- smile. But I didn't see anything nefarious. I watched no. that thing backwards and forwards. If there was anything that I was bothered with was Dr. Phil and his line of questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you're you're asking this guy to go back to the worst time of his life mm-hmm. and access that nine-year-old little boy and his memories. How did you feel when you hear your, you well, know, you your mean? sister? Like I, well, I have to say, because this started with, during this timeline, he's being interviewed by the police. Well, he was actually interviewed by, like, I think a psychologist mm-hmm. or something. And the way, during that interview, a lot of people have said, like, during that interview and the interview with Dr. Phil and his mannerisms. and They ruled him out from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, and the way he was during that I don't think he's an unusual person. I think he just has, he's the way he is. He was raised in a very unusual way. Well, and he had to have been raised in a bubble because they were being stalked for years. He's he's always been one of the most sought at interviews. interviews. So imagine, he had to hide all the time. He had to stay inside. Right. Well, I'm sure he they kept him accustomed. pretty sheltered because... Yeah. he had to grow accustomed to being an introvert. Every time you went for years, you go to the mm-hmm. grocery store, John Bonet Ramsey, it's like on the freaking... Imagine that. And then the trauma just is right in your face. So yeah. I can't... I feel for the guy. And even in his... In that interview, when he was a kid, you know, everybody's like... His feet are up on the chair. Well, yeah, he's. It's awkward. He's, he's being asked, fucking nine. He's nine years old, and he's being asked these insane questions. And he, you know, he, he doesn't get it. I just know how my kids were at nine, and they probably would have been the same way. Everybody has a different reaction to grief. Everybody has a different reaction mm-hmm. to trauma. Everybody has a different reaction to getting in a car accident. Oh, right, right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like some, some people get mad. Somebody start crying. Some, some people, people might <laughs> sit there shaking in their boots because <laughs> right. they're just like in shock. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So we, I guess we can move on from that. But yes, right. like this is just for entertainment purposes only. And we're not like saying who's guilty and who's not guilty. We're just rehashing the things that we've read and the things that we've heard. We're telling the story. We're telling the story. There it is again. Blake. Hi, Blake. <laughs> We're not the only ones that tell the story and get off going you into know, the like, weeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. because it, you can't help it. You have to during the right. story. All right. So after this time, um, John Ramsey hires his friend Mark Mike Bynum as a attorney. Mm. All right. So December 28th, 1996. They the lawyered ra- up right away. Huh? Oh, yeah. Right away. And which people um, talk about that. I but, would have too, because when you are the only suspects. Right. And then I'm sure like, number one, John Ramsey is not a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. He's obviously savvy in the business world. Mm-hmm. They're already picking up on the fact that, hey, mm-hmm. they're looking at us. Mm-hmm. 
We might as well get a lawyer. Right. And then the lawyers are like, say nothing, do nothing. Right. So they're just following lawyer's direction. And then, of course, everybody's like, oh, they must be guilty. Right. They don't want to talk to the police. Because every time they talk to the police, they are made to feel or they're the police are gunning for them. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and of course, they wouldn't be doing, I like, even after watching the interview that they did with Watts, like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't. Didn't. Because, right. statistically, it's the parents that did it, right? Well, I mean, in something, I don't know. I mean... When there's I, a murder in the home and the child is dead... It's probably the parents. Statistically, it's the parents. So, obviously, they're know. that's the first thing that they're looking at. But, evidentially, evidentially... I'm just making shit up now. <laughs> With the evidence at yum, hand, yum, yum, like yum, wine. after, yeah, <laughs> after the fact, when you realize like the other evidence that they had that pointed to that there could have been an intruder, mm-hmm. they didn't follow that they evidence. Did. They didn't want to hear it. Right. So, okay. But I'm going to let you get into the, the intruder oh, stuff. Yeah. So anyways. Um, December 28th, 1996, the Ramseys cooperate with authorities. Mm-hmm. The family goes to the Boulder Police Station and they willingly give hair, blood. So just remember this. Mm-hmm. This is the 28th. Mm-hmm. So they're talking. The, the thing that's put out there is that they didn't cooperate. No. Yeah. They're like, they wouldn't. They didn't want to help the police. And they're, but they did. Yes, they did. They go. They give hair, mm-hmm. blood, and handwriting samples mm-hmm. on the 28th. The police later, later state that John's grown children, John, Andrew, and Melinda, mm-hmm. were out of town when the murder occurred, so they're not suspected at the time. Mm-hmm. On December 29th, the family flies to Atlanta, mm-hmm. their hometown. On December 31st, they bury their daughter in Marietta, Georgia. I next am to surprised her. that they were able to bury her so I know quickly. But I guess they got the, the whole they autopsy. they got everything they needed, yeah. but... Um, in Marietta, Georgia, next to her half-sister, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who, who John, yeah, mm, go ahead. that's John's, from his first marriage, he lost her, I, I think, think she was early, yeah, it was a car accident, so, and he was barely dealing with the grief of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when this happens, so that's then, so on January, and then Patsy had mm-hmm. just gone into remission from her from, cancer, yeah, from her cancer, so anyways, then on January 1st, 1997, John and Patsy give a 45-minute interview to CNN from Atlanta, which they caught hell for, because people were saying that they did this interview with CNN before even talking to the police, which clearly... They had... Is not the truth. Right. Much to the chagrin of the Boulder Police Department, partly because they had been too emotional to speak to the police, according to the Boulder Police Department. Mm -hmm. Also, Boulder Police Department were reassuring the public that there was not a murderer on the loose in Boulder. Mm -hmm. However, Patsy says in the interview, there is a killer on the loose. (laughs) If I were a resident of Boulder, I would tell my friends to keep keep your babies close Mm -hmm. to you. There's someone out there. And... I did watch this interview. She's obviously too. heavily heavily medicated. Mm. She probably sounds like the way I'm talking right now. <laughs> you could just see like they mm. she's she had to take something just to I'm sure. And this is only it's it's literally days days after. Yeah. Lust. That's weird. Oh, wow. On January 3rd, 1997, detectives announced that the note was written on paper pad on a paper pad from inside the house, meaning it was likely written after the murder. John and Patsy returned to Boulder. 
Boulder cops also go to Charlevoix, Michigan to search through a summer home the Ramsey family owns. Not too long after, it is discovered that there was a practice ransom note. Also, that it has been torn from a tablet of paper found in the house, which was said to belong to Patsy. Patsy. The um, paintbrush is Patsy's. Patsy. Tablet, Patsy. Right. But again, they're in Patsy's house. Right. And could be that they were there for hours. Right. One analysis found that it probably took 20 minutes to write. It was carefully written. Um, and I told you that I listened to Johnny Douglas, the Mine hunt- Hunters author. I guess he was a former FBI agent. In his book, The Cases That Haunt Us, he mentions that he believes it was not written with the person's dominant hand. He was hired by the law firm that represented the Ramses to interview them and give an opinion as to whether he felt they were guilty or not. And mm-hmm. he didn't believe that they were guilty, mm-hmm. which he caught hell for from a lot of people. Yeah, his he was just like, he also doesn't think that John and Patsy panicked in a panicked state would have been able to pen such a carefully written letter before calling 911. Mm-hmm. He's taken some flack on this, his opinions about this case. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that I was watching, they were saying that he was hired by the Ramses. He was never hired by the Ramses. No, and what's interesting is here you have even the detective that I'll be speaking about mm-hmm. who is so known for closing hundreds of cases that they brought him in out of retirement. Mm-hmm. But yet, no, 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 no. He can't. He's crazy. He can't be right. Right. Then you have this guy who's known for knowing his shit. Right. In this particular case, he can't know his shit. Right. It's like they just don't want to hear any other other plausible explanation. Right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read the letter. It says, Mr. Ramsey, this is the letter that was found at the bottom of the stairs. Listen carefully, which is a weird thing to write in a letter Mm -hmm. listen carefully Mm -hmm. we are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction (laughs) weird (laughs) we respect your business but not the country that it serves Mm -hmm. i'm reading the actual sorry i'm having a hard time reading this because the handwriting is weird patsy writes terrible i'm just just kidding (laughs) we respect (laughs) your business but not the country that it serves at this time, we have your daughter in our possession. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to tell you something to notice. They never mention her name. No, that's interesting. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. Leather. The letter. <laughs> Wine. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you will withdraw $118,000. Wait. <laughs> 118 or 180? 18. 118. Why I keep thinking 100. Okay, yeah, you're right. 118,000. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my bad. What, they point zero zero. They put, me, like they write some, it out completely. Give me some more wine. You're right. <laughs> I know that. From your account. Now, keep in mind, hmm. that's a strange number. Very strange number. Very specific number. Specific. They're rich. Why, Why not reach for ask, the sky? Why, mo, okay, Why most, not say a million? Most ransom notes would be like, give me a we, million dollars. Give me a million dollars or your daughter dies. That's it. Or a nice round number, like five. Holy shit. Okay, it said choke. Daddy, Daddy no. no. <gasps> it said that the last time. Did it? Yeah. I got goosebumps. 
Okay, that's weird. Wine might not be strong enough tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm a little freaked out. Okay, nope. Mm -mm. Nope. All right. Keep reading the note. I'm freaked out. All right, so we're talking about the $118,000. So it tells... It didn't say choked daddy no, though. No. Mm -mm. Too high up? It never does that. It never gives us that many words It has been today. Just tonight, yeah. All right. A hundred thousand will be in one hundred dollar bills, and the remaining eighteen thousand in twenty dollar bills, which is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attaché <laughs> to the bank. Is that what it says? It really says attaché with the little squiggly line attaché <laughs> to the bank. Attached. No, attaché. But do they mean attached? No, they mean attaché. What the fuck does that mean? It's the car- the case. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at that. That is full-fledged. It says Sarah. It's like going red right now. And I don't think I've ever seen it go that hardcore. No, Have you? That's, no, that's like freaking me out a little. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Make sure that you're bringing adequate size attaché to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag i will call you between 8 and 10 a.m tomorrow to instruct you on delivery the delivery delivery the delivery will be exhausting so i advise you to be well rested oh wait i didn't mean to be rested yeah i'm gonna address that all right if we monitor you getting the money early we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup. They wrote earlier delivery, but they crossed out delivery. So earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as Police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter's being beheaded. Wow, that's that's graphic. Okay, that escalated quickly. (laughs) If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if anyone I'm just trying to imagine somebody writing this Mm -hmm. out and being in a panic about it. Mm -hmm. And also the movie references in here are like so fucking crazy. Like (laughs) ransom this and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. there's a Mm -hmm. you will be scanned for electronic devices. And if anyone any are found, she dies. Mm -hmm. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures Mm -hmm. and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if mm. you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions. And you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. I can see that Patsy probably scanned this and didn't mm. read the whole thing. Mm-mm. I wouldn't. I think once I got the gist of it, I would have like dropped it and then like ran and tried mm-hmm. to find her. Yeah. Um, or got Albert and been like... Mm-hmm. Like once I realized it's a ransom note and they have... Like, my child is in danger. The first thing I would have done is exactly what she did. Go and check my kid's room. Right. Oh, my God, she's gone. 
Of course I would go and call the police. Right. <laughs> you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. <laughs> that, again, keep movie in reference. mind. That sounds like speed. It's. I think I have it documented what movie that's What from. movies? You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you, John. It's up to you now, John. Victory. SBTC. Okay, can I just say, I know I'm talking about... Nope, I'm going to save it. I'll just save it. Okay. Can I keep this? Yeah. (laughs) So it is determined after handwriting analysis that John Ramsey did not write the letter. However, the handwriting analysis was inconclusive as far as Patsy Ramsey was concerned. And I watched several things where they match up letters. Me too. You know, certain ways she writes and certain letters that match up to this. Mm -hmm. And then somebody also said, I didn't put it in here, that it had to be a woman. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. They concluded that it was a woman that wrote Mm, the letter. But that, like, that's... That definitely does not look like a woman's it's writing. Of, <laughs> no, that does not. But look I like will a... say, so right before I came, I watched um, another, that little, remember I was like, I was watching that one person that was saying uh, hundreds of letters mm. matched. Well, I missed a little piece. She actually said 200 characters matched uh, Patsy's writing. Well, what 2020 said was she was actually um not able to testify in any of the anything because she didn't hold the proper credentials and that to me yeah says a lot yep so i then was like you are discounted right so she because she was like um out of the a's i wrote down oh shoot i think it's on my phone but anyway out of the a's she said like there were so many matching and anyway she says she matched 200 characters and then once she got discounted i was like girl you don't know what you're talking about right (laughs) and handwriting analysis is one of those things where you can get an opinion this way or that way Mm -hmm. you could probably have three handwriting what do you call them specialists and and get three different opinions three different opinions um, there's been much speculation as to the similarities of Patsy's writing and the ransom note, but we're not really going to get into that here. There are, I will say there are similarities. Though. There, there is, there are some letters that are in there. You're like, okay. And there right. was also some phrasing, like the way a word that she says, uh-huh. that was it also in the letter. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember exactly what I'll, it'll come to me. Um, it's announced that the veteran homicide detective Lou Schmidt has joined the Boulder team working the Ramsey murder. Schmidt, a retired investigator from El Paso County, is best known for cracking the murder case of Heather Don Church in Colorado Springs. Schmidt leads the team of investigators put together by Boulder D. Alex Hunter. But I'm not going to get into all of the theories uh-huh. that he has out there because I'm going to leave that to you. Um, by April 18th, 1996, the Boulder DA Alex Hunter publicly identifies the Ramses as the prime focus of their investigation. Listen, Alex Hunter, he's got an M for them bad. Yeah, he did. I wrote some stuff. What did I say? Oh, and Detective Steve Thomas. I mean, he did not want to let go of the fact that he was like, they are 100% guilty. Guilty. 
For those that may remember, there was a lot of focus and opinions on the fact that Jean Benet was a child uh, beauty pageant darling, mm -hmm. and there was lots of negative media attention swirling around around this. Um, formal interviews of the Ramleys, Ramses were finally conducted with them four months. Okay, so the formal interview was four months after Jean Benet's murder. That Aside from a lot of people, right? Yes. And it probably didn't do them any favors. It didn't. No. That didn't didn't look good. But and no. they were probably acting on the advice of their lawyers. One and number two, it was. 100%. I feel like the Boulder Police Department had set up a very adversarial relationship with them already. Right. right. I mean, they weren't. That's what she was like. Stop focusing on us and go find the killer. Right. Like, stop it. I didn't kill my child. The one thing that I couldn't handle and again this could just be her southern part i don't know but i if it was my child i don't refer to my children as the child i refer to my kids as my babies right. or my son my daughter right you know go find my baby right but um she's like the child and so they everybody's like whoosh, whoosh, yeah attacks that <laughs> yeah Anyway, so they end up interrogating Patsy for like six and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And John is later interrogated for about two hours. So it's mm -hmm. obvious who their prime suspect mm -hmm. is here. Mm -hmm. There are two major... Oh, my God. Girl. She farted. Um, yeah. Oh, we got a farter. Yeah. <laughs> Has to happen every episode. Yep. But it's not as bad as mm -mm. Apollo at all. Apollo man brings tears to your eyes. <laughs> oh, it tastes like a rubber tire. <laughs> <laughs> the tasting part. I'll never get over that. All right. There are two major theories as to who may be responsible for John Bonet's murder. And that is that one of three people in that house that night killed her. Or there's the intruder theory. One of the theories is that Patsy accidentally killed John Bonet in a fit of rage after a bedwetting incident. Proponents of this theory say she staged the crime scene, the ransom note, and everything else. However, Patsy did not have a known history of uncontrolled anger. And that was another thing that author of uh, Mindhunters mm -hmm. also brought out is people don't just suddenly start yeah. acting out of character. And I will say that's Detective Steve Thomas was the one that he can't let go of that bedwetting theory. Right. But I will say, and I'm just, Smith is the one that said, if she wet the bed, where are the stains? There's no there's no pee stains on her bed. Right. He says that in his recordings. Right. And then there was another theory that she, it was that after death release that was probably that the was reason. That was from, yes, her, that's her dying. From the yes, yes. That wasn't from wetting the bed. There's no pee stains on her bed. Right. The stuff that's on her underwear is from her. It's like he got the that trauma. theory and he held on to it. Yeah. He just like he wants it to be the mom. <sighs> All right. And that that was the thing is like people don't just start acting out of character. No. Like they they start saying that she's controlling or whatever. But like even in the interview with Burke, he was like, "My mom was a loving mom." Like, you know what I get from her? 
She was a pageant mom. That, but that little girl was her. That was their bonding Dark. thing. That right. was because she did it, and it was like that's what her dream was to have a little girl, and she was gonna do pageants with her. And, and that's from what they did every together. like interview of people that know them, like she enjoyed doing it. She liked doing it. Even the the girls who are adults now, they're right. in their twenties. They interviewed, they said she was so good at it and she really did love it. So she never showed any signs of, mommy, I don't want to do this anymore. Like she liked doing it. Right. And so. That's why I'm saying like everybody has these like You don't hate your child and spend millions of dollars on those outfits. Right. And dressing them and the time that goes into that stuff. Also like all the opinions that people have about it, like. She was raised in that life. So it's, it's just, it's, it wasn't it's anything. so big in the South. Right. I mean, do you not watch Toddlers and Tiaras? Oh my God. Let's not even get into that. <laughs> so Please. <sighs> Honey boo boo. Honey. Well, yeah. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. <laughs> pour, pour me some I better, have some, I better have some more wine. Have some more. Let's have some more wine. Okay. So yeah, there's this theory that God, she she's do? the one that. I should have brought the big battle. Big battle. The big bottle. The big bottle for tonight. You know what? If you brought the big bottle, we we would drink drink the big bottle and this would be a lot messier right now. I mean, look, that's a bottle and a half we drank. I know. Or a bottle and a quarter. Mm -hmm. All right, girl. Here. Clink. (laughs) Thanks for clinking me. (laughs) Who's Harriet? Oh, I like this one. So, Burke even said... We didn't even get spanked. Nothing of that sort. Mm-hmm. Nothing close. Nothing near laying a finger on us, let alone killing your child. Would she have spent the kind of money, like, I get, like, the little girl had a Christmas tree in her room. Right. She had, I, like, I, a I think it's obvious to people collection. which way we're leaning. But mm-hmm. I just want to say I started this whole thing out thinking that the parents did it until I started watching, like, everything and reading everything. And I'm just like... Mm-hmm. You, listen, first of all, the way this little girl died, you have to be... A heartless, cruel beast. Demented. Right. And I... These people, even if they were child abusers, I don't... I don't... Even if they were, I don't believe that they are. But even if they were... Do you know how demented somebody would have to be to do the things that were done to this little girl to their own child? I don't see that. You don't spend the kind of time and money and have the thing. Just you think there are other children would stand behind them if they were those kind of people? Right. Because if they're that way with those kids, then clearly they would be that way with the others. You have to be so demented, so deranged right, to do the things that were done to this little girl. Hit your daughter over the head. Oh, she didn't die. Oops. Okay, now I'm going to strangle her with a garret. A, gar- a garret. Now, how do you make a garret? That's not uh, That's not just something like taking... Why wouldn't they... Str- she's six. Use your hands. Right. Why not take a pillow and smother her? Right. Why not just take a, that rope and strangle her? Why a garrote? Why would... That's sophisticated. Right. Like, why... The, the knot that's made on the actual um, paintbrush... Right. Is, it's a sophisticated knot. It's right. not just something simple. It is a sophisticated knot. Like, the... The things that went into that, those people, they're, that's actually something that somebody 
who has hard hands right. would know. Like somebody who's worked on boats or somebody who works outside or somebody not pampered people like them. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't know those things. Right. I don't believe. Oh. <clears throat> anyway. There's I, been a I lot just... of uh, speculation about like the kind of books that they were. They actually read the Mindhunter books. <laughs> well, and he, and supposedly he was into those movies. Right. But so were some of the other suspects. Right. Exactly. Just reading that letter, like, I just feel like the person that wrote that letter was young. Mm. Like, not a sophisticated person, Mm -hmm. except that they wrote (laughs) attaché. Yeah, because I don't I'm like, what is that? (laughs) But if you've watched those movies, you know what an attaché is. Mm. And if you had recently watched those movies, Mm. of course. And and they're, I don't know if I wrote down what movies but they they even said like uh dirty harry's one of them they reference one of the things that were said in this is a line from dirty harry so all right so i'm just looking at time right now and i know there's not a lot that i'm going to be able to cut out of this so (laughs) we are going to continue episode um i'm going to finish this part this part yeah okay and then We'll just break this into part one and part two. Okay. I we kind of I kind of knew that this it was gonna yeah, end up. Yeah, and this most way. of these are like that because mm. rant this case is huge. All right. So another theory was that John was sexually abusing her and killed her to cover it up, which he vehemently denies, and his family and friends say it's impossible. And the police didn't even like try to pursue that theory. Then there is a theory that nine-year-old Burke, in a fit of rage hit her over the head with the flashlight because he caught her eating his pineapple. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. And then either Patsy or both Patsy and John worked in tandem to cover it up and staged the crime scene, which means that they would have had to get their story together. They would have to keep that story together for years and years and years and years. They never, Mm-mm. their story... They never wavered. Never wavered. Mm-mm. She went to her deathbed yeah. being a suspect. Oh, yeah. All right, so a Colorado grand jury voted in 1999 to indict the parents. The indictment cited two counts each of child abuse and said the parents did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of John Benet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16. Among the experts who testified in the death... Among the experts, oh, here we go. Experts. It's a good thing it's, you're going to get into your story now. <laughs> Among the experts who testified in the case were DNA specialists Barry Sheck and forensic expert Henry Lee. On October 13, 1999, Alex Hunter, who was the district attorney at the time, refused to sign the indictment, saying that the evidence was insufficient for prosecution. The public thought that the grand jury investigated... I know I'm skipping through a lot of stuff that happened in between, but this is just like the summation. The public thought that the grand jury investigation had been inconclusive. <gasps> that just said evil and devil right after each other. Ooh. That's so crazy. Had been inconclusive. In 2002, the statute of limitations on the grand jury's charges expired. Other evidence besides the ransom note included a boot print found next to the John Bonet's body, which I'm sure you're going to get mm-hmm. into, which it did not belong to anyone in the family. There was also a broken window in the basement, which was believed to be the most likely point of entry for an intruder. 
Additionally, there was DNA from drops of blood from an unknown male found on her underwear. The floors in the Ramsey's home were heavily carpeted, making it plausible for an intruder to have carried John Bonet downstairs without waking the family. Uh, by the way, the house is so huge. Um, ev- they did even their own test. It's very possible that noise could be made and you can't hear it you from hear. the different rooms because it is so big. Uh, Much of the recent investigation in the case revolves around the DNA profiles developed by the sample found in her underwear and the touch DNA later developed from her long johns. The profile from her underwear was entered into CODIS, the National DNA Database, in 2003, but no matches have been identified. In 2006, Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey took over the case. She agreed with the federal prosecutor that the intruder theory was more plausible than the Ramseys killing their daughter, under Lacey, which pissed a lot of people off. Yes. Under Lacey's lead, investigators developed a DNA provi- profile from Touch DNA, which there's a lot of controversy around that as well. In 2008, Lacey released a statement detailing the DNA evidence and fully exonerating the Ramsey family, an exoneration that comes a little late for Papsi- Patsy, who had passed away on June 24, 2006, of ovarian cancer. Um, what I was watching... They said uh, they actually had that DNA analyzed by something else, and it confirmed her, um, and that they were saying she did the right thing. Mm -hmm. So all those who were poo-poo on her, poo-poo on them, because they're wrong. It exonerated Well, when you get into your part, we can Mm -hmm. talk about the DNA a little bit more. I'm I'm just going to finish up here so we can. In 2010, the case was officially reopened with a renewed focus on the DNA samples. Further testing has been conducted on the samples, and experts now believe that the sample is actually from Mm -hmm. two individuals rather than one. In 2016, it was announced that the DNA would be sent to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation to be tested using more modern methods, and authorities hope to develop an even stronger DNA profile of the killer. The Ramsey story has remained consistent throughout the year. <gasps> Ooh, okay. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. The Ramsey story has remained consistent throughout the years. In 2016, Boulder Police Chief Greg Testa said that investigators have collected 15,000 pieces of evidence, including the analysis of 200 DNA samples, traveled to 19 states to interview about 1,000 people and have received and reviewed or investigated more than 20,000 tips, letters, and emails. And I think that was just more in uh, defense of like their investigation of the case. And I got all of this information from, of course, Wikipedia, InTouchWeekly.com, for their timeline by Samantha Lear, the Denver Post, John Bonet timeline, um, and then crimemuseum.org and uh, 2020 CNN interviews and several other. Um, this thing's being really dark. What black heart? Yeah, Ooh, it keeps talking. It keeps saying bar, like it's talking about going to a bar or whatever, and um, evil devil. Oh, I don't even like that. I at know all. it's being really dark. Shall we turn it off? No. Okay, so we're going to end this here. We're going to take this a is, break. This is going to be a two-parter. No. And then in, um, stay tuned for the second part, which uh, Carlene is going to do. And she's going to go into the intruder theory. Suspects. Uh, Detective John S- Smith. Smith and his family's continued yes. um, investigation of the case using his database. 
and all the suspects. So you guys stay tuned. Thank you for listening. I know it's kind of long. That's why we're breaking it up into two pieces. Um, Thank you and good night. Good night.